Curl Talk. Today we have Kaylin Allen. You can say hi or Hello. introduce yourself. Greetings. <laughs> All righty. I'm going to jump right in and get to some of the basic questions that I usually ask everyone. So, um, yeah, if you could just like give a brief introduction of who you are and mm-hmm. anything like preferred pronouns, sexuality, occupation, country origin, anything that you think is relevant. Okay. You can just go ahead and do that. Um, well, hi, my name is Kaylin. I currently attend Temple University. I um, am originally from Kansas City, Kansas, so a long way from here. But I am a junior. I'm about to graduate next year. I'm about to get out of here. And I am a, I guess you could say I'm an entertainer. I'm an <laughs> actor, singer, and dancer. I do many things. I have many talents. So, yeah, that's pretty much who I am. Yes. All righty. So um, I'm going to jump right in again. Mm-hmm. When did you come out? Mm. <laughs> okay. I kind of feel like there was never like a, just a set kind of like coming out, you know, I'm very iffy about identity as a person. I think personally, I've never looked at it as like an identity. I've always just considered it to be like, that's just who I am, you know? And like heterosexuals don't have to come out. So, you know, so I was like, I never just came out. I was just always Kaylin. I was just who I was, you know? And if you had any questions about that or you had any doubts, that was your own prerogative. But as far as who I was, I identified as Kaylin. And whatever that was or what that encompasses, that was all that I was going to always give you. That's amazing. I think that's interesting because a lot of people that come on the podcast really, like, take their sexuality as, like, a a huge part of their identity. Mm -hmm. But almost in a way, you're taking it on as your identity by not taking it on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like, I always attribute it to, like, Nutty Professor. Like, how he had Buddy, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when he, like, got rid of Buddy, like, he couldn't function. Like, it wasn't him anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he has to, like, drink out of the water fountain or whatever. And then, you know, then he gets his you know, his person back. And that's how the way I kind of think of it as it's just who I am. You know? mm-hmm. It's already embedded. You don't need to like restate it. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, so do you remember a time when you sort of realized that like it was a part of you or like it was going to affect your life, like for the rest of your life? Mm. I feel like, when I kind of know, I was probably really young. I was probably like in elementary school. I just knew that I wasn't the typical boy, you know? Like, I didn't want to do what the boys did, you know? But, <laughs> and it was, I think it was so funny because, like, my mother would always, you know, try to dress me like the other boys or, you know, make me, like, she'll always wonder, like, well, why don't you have any, like, friends that are guys? Why are your friends girls and stuff? And me, I didn't think of anything, you know? I was just like, I'd get along better with the girls. So I think it was probably then when I started to realize that something's different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, who was the first person that you told? Mm. Like, actually told? Good God. I think, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I feel like it, it would have been like, a group of my friends when I was in middle school, I would have to say, yeah, that's probably like the first time I actually was like, this is what it is, you know, here's the situation, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. 
do you remember how old you were? Or mm, I was actually no. This is a better. Um, I would say tenth grade of high school is when I actually like had to come out. Mm-hmm. I would say that that was it. Um, and then that's when I just you know laid it all on the table. And I think it was just because I was kind of tired of people always like wondering. Or like trying to mm-hmm. figure it out, you know. And but I kind of felt like I was pressured to have mm-hmm. to say something, you know. Yeah. Instead of just being able to exist as a human being, it was like you needed this label to define me. Like you needed to figure me out, you right. know. And right. so I would say tenth grade, and I actually the whole high school, you know. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like? Bef- so you were saying that you sort of felt like the the pressure to like have a label. Did mm-hmm. you? Were you sort of like? fearful before you came out of like what people would say or did you think it was more of like something that was empowering you honestly no and the reason why is just because I'm an only child so I'm very used to just being very independent and my household was just a very independent household you know and my mother is strong I think I'm strong so I and we really don't care about what other people think or the outside, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, it is what it is. You know, you take it or you leave it. I really don't care either or, you know? Mm -hmm. That's like really interesting because a lot of people that I've interviewed so far have been like, I was really scared Mm -hmm. and like, I was like nervous about like prejudice and stigma Mm -hmm. and and things like that. You would think so. But Mm -hmm. I think when you're in Kansas city and you, and also like, I think it was because of all that I did and how involved I was. Mm -hmm. And just, like, I'm not trying to make it sound like, you know, I was, like, so popular or whatever. But in a way, that's what it was, you know. And so then, with that being the case, when I came out, everybody was like, okay, great. Now we know, you know. But because I already established myself in that space as just Kaylin, everyone else was just... You know, okay, you know, I didn't have those kind of issues. I didn't have to go through those dramas of being in high school, you know, and every something may come up once in a while, but I would just handle that and check it immediately, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I also had the administration on my team, which a lot of people don't usually have, you know. I had a lot of support, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, So, do you remember a moment in time, like when you were, maybe it was when you were younger, Mm -hmm. or like, maybe college age, but do you remember, like, a moment where you were like, yes, like, this is who I am, like, I feel, like, confident, like, this is my shit, you know? I think it's, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's when I first started performing, I would Mm. say, is that when I first got on the stage, and I was around other people that were like me, or going through things that were just like me, you know, is when I was just like, and I think it's also, you have to at some point, you get tired of being sick and tired of fighting things, you know? Because I think for a while, there were times internally where I would fight it or, you know, I would think, or because of what society thinks, I was like, I don't know if this is what it needs to be. Like, I don't know if this is who I am. And then you go through that struggle. But I think at a point, I realized that I was a lot more unhappy trying to make other people happy rather than making myself happy. And I said, and at the end of the day, I'm going to be the last one to be living with myself. And I said, and I would rather be completely content with who I am rather than trying to please everybody yeah yeah that definitely makes sense so do you feel like being in the arts and being like so immersed in Mm -hmm. communities that are more accepting do you Mm -hmm. feel like that played a large role in you being able to just like be yourself and like come out um 
Yeah, I would say so. But then again, like when you think of like even my church, like there's no doubt in my mind that like everyone knows, but I've never had to say anything, you know, and that's fine with me. You know, I don't need everybody to have to have some kind of label. I, I, I tell people all the time, I kind of think it's kind of stupid that we treat it kind of like a club. Like, you know, like this is my ID before I can continue on here. Wait, first you need to know this, you know, and that's to me, that's just unimportant. So mm-hmm. I think, I think it was being able to be who I was at all times. And, yeah. and people just okay with that and accepting that. Yeah. And people not saying, well, you need to be more masculine or you need to go cut the grass or something like that, you know? <laughs> and so some people would say that kind of stuff, but it was honestly just because I was spoiled. You know, that's the way I took it more so than, you know, me being more feminine or something like that, so. Yeah. How did, how did you sort of, like, combat the way it made you feel when people would say things like, you need to cut the grass or, like... I don't know what it is about me, but that this goes further even from that. Anytime someone has an expectation of me or tells me what I need to do, I, I, for some reason, I just can't do it. Like, <laughs> it, it really I drives me crazy. Like, I can't, this is really bad, is that one time I was in eighth grade and I went, my mother took me to JCPenney and we bought all these clothes, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got to school and other people had the same clothes on. And so I never wore it again. Like, I cannot, I have this thing where I cannot be like someone else. It drives me crazy. If I find anyone that is, like, like me or something, I'm like, mm, I can't be around you because you're just too much like me. I always have to stand out. I have to be different from everybody else. I just don't like going with the status quo in any kind of situation. Yeah. Well, that's why you are where you are right now because you keep striving to be just yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. I completely do. Um. What was I going to ask you? Do you feel like um, your sexuality or identity plays into, like, your work or, like, your life's purpose, like, within musical theater or just, like, in general? Do you feel like it's more, like you were saying, embedded or do you think, like, it inspires you to, like, it's? I would say that it's harder. Um, And the reason why is because... When you think about, okay, so like like pretty much majority of the community would probably say that they are, you know, of the LGBTQI plus, you know, community. However, when you have roles that are straight, sometimes I'm always worried, am I able to get rid of enough of the gayness, you know? Like, can I turn down that gayness in, a, in any kind of role, you know? I feel mm-hmm. like there's always a piece of that flamboyancy, but you have to be able to portray mm. straight, you know? So I think that's where that challenge comes from is in balancing in that it's like, how do you get rid of what you would consider to be the best part of you for mm. you to be able to play a different role, you know? Mm. And I think that's the thing that scares me enough. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because right. there are gay characters and, you know, there are those different kinds of situations. I think it's just really hard for you to be an actor that way because you really have... That just gives you one more thing that you have to try and yeah. remove, you know? Yeah. And then, in itself, it sort of becomes a whole skill. Like, how can I... This is a catch right now. <laughs> <laughs> how can I, like, mask this part of myself? Mm-hmm. Like... Does it ever feel like like you feel lesser when you have to do that? Or does it feel like a just, just a part of the job? No, it does make you feel less. I remember I had a conversation with one of my mentors when I first got to college. And they were like, they were like you can't be gay in the audition room. Like, you have to, like, 
be able to wow. just be, you know, the straight character. Like, you can't. And I was just like, also with my accent as well. People tell me that all the time, mm-hmm. too. And it's just, it's really frustrating, you know. And then I think at first it bothered me. And I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this. And then I think I just got tired of that. I feel like that was just extra work to be trying to worry about that. Right. And I was like, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to act. I'm just going to give you what I have, you know, at yeah. the end of the day. But I'm not trying to lose who I am. Just right. for to sacrifice a little part on the stage, you right. know. That sort of reminds me. I was watching America's Next Top Model mm-hmm. like back in the day, and there was this one girl who had like a southern accent, and mm. I just kept trying to tell her that she needed to like, like fix it. Right. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? That right. sounds like inherently oppressive about it is. Like, being from the south. It is. Do you feel like being from the south has been like a, a challenge for you, like? academically to like receive like the same sort of like um do do people sort of like i think well because kansas is in the midwest so it's a little different you know it's closer to chicago Mm -hmm. i would say academically i kind of feel like i had an advantage because (laughs) i think like when you think about the education system like on the east coast it's, Mm -hmm. it's not very good you know and for instance, like I went to a school in Kansas that was the number one in the state, but it was still in the like what they would consider like the hood or the you know like the the urban community, and right. it was a public school. And I think it's it depends on where you are. You know, you have better resources, you have better advantages than mm-hmm. when you have overpopulated cities that don't have the same resources or don't have the same funding. You know, and so I think I had an advantage, especially with the arts, because Kansas City is a huge art city, even mm-hmm. though a lot of people don't know that. Um, I, I've done over probably 50 shows since I've, you know, been here on this earth. So like, I got a lot of experience very early on from, you know, great people in Kansas city. So I kind of feel like I had that advantage, you know? Mm -hmm. That's interesting because like a lot of people will say that that kind of experience like would isolate them, like being like having these different facets of your identity and mm-hmm. then being in a community where you are alone but I think it's it's really inspiring how you sort of just like use it to empower yourself and right. like really like dive into your art and yeah. that's really amazing now what I will say is that and this is kind of ironic is I think from coming from Kansas there are still things well I feel like more so when I first got here there were still things in me that were very conservative mm-hmm. you know because Kansas City is a very conservative Place. Like, they, they may say that they're, like, liberal or something. There are some aspects that are very liberal, you know, and very accepting. But there's still those conservative kind of ideals that still mm-hmm. go on, you know. Like, do you mean in terms of, like, um, like cultural norms? Or could you... Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess because, like, even growing up in a place that was primarily, you know, African-American and would still be considered to be, like, the the poorest place or whatever, you know, in Kansas City. It's nothing, like, on the East Coast as far as, like, living in North Philadelphia. You know, like, the poverty line is just very different, you know. And I think when you're in Kansas City, it's a box, you know, and you don't really know anything that happens outside of that box. Mm. And I think sometimes you complain about the circumstances you are in, but I think moving to Philadelphia really opened my eyes to, like, the reality Mm -hmm. of America and, like, things like that. So, you know, so 
Because for one thing, like, I would be scared to walk around North Philadelphia when I first got here. You know, it was like, I'm not used to this kind of stuff, even though where I'm from. But then as you get here and you learn that people aren't different, you know, everybody just has been given different opportunities and different resources have been available to them, you know. Mm -hmm. Did you ever fear, um, like, going into, like, a rougher area in Philadelphia or in Kansas? And did you fear about, like, getting discriminated against because of your at least perceived sexuality? Mm. Mm. Um, more so in Kansas than I would here. Mm-hmm. I just kind of feel like here is kind of part of the culture. Mm-hmm. And I also don't really pay attention when I go into those areas. I am, though, cognizant about what I have on mm-hmm. or the way that I, I'm dressed and stuff because I've been catcalled in North Philadelphia by oh, people, yeah. you know? And oh, so yeah. it's like it's like I'm very... Sp- the, particular on what I have on when I go into those places. Usually I like throwing sweats when nobody ever sees me in sweats, you know, but it's like, I just want to blend in, you know, I just want to be a part of this without sticking out sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I definitely relate to that. I mean, when I was living in North Philly, I would like, just cover myself up. And right. <laughs> be walking around. Because they don't care. People don't care. They'll say what they want to say to you, you know? They'll say what they want to say. Yeah, definitely. Um, so being someone that's very much involved in the media, you uh-huh. see, you, that's like, you're like the media king. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you feel like the media landscape sort of like, I, I've been talking about this sort of like shift in mm-hmm. the media. I think they're around 2015, 2016, 2017, like mm-hmm. a lot changed. Do you think that, um, in, like for the LGBTQIA community, like it's been a good thing. Do you think it's been like a liberating thing for like more media to be around us, or do you think it's like bringing unnecessary attention? Like, what are your feelings about that? I think it's very beneficial because I think the issue before was that they were putting gay characters onto TV that were just plain stereotypes. I think having Mm -hmm. the ability to see people in their day-to-day lives and seeing that everyone is normal is normalizing it. Mm -hmm. And to see characters that their identity isn't their character. You know, like it's not a queer performance. You know, you just see them and you're like, well, here's this person. Oh, and they're gay. Oh, okay, cool. Like that's just a little thing about them, you know, rather than this is is all that they are and they're nothing more than this, you know. So I think that's what I would say about the media is that I think it's, it's given us a voice, it's given us a platform, and it's given us to just be humans. You mm-hmm. know? That's interesting because I, I see like a sort of theme here with you like um, thinking that normalizing LGBTQIA identities is like more beneficial than like isolating us and sort of putting us like on this like platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like do you think I don't do you think we're still just as able to be empowered when we're like blending in or or do you think that like a combination of like blending in and being like ourselves is the best I think you I think blending in that's the whole purpose of the fight you know that's what you're fighting for you're fighting mm-hmm. for equal rights you're fighting to just be a person right. you know and I say well, you have to choose which one do you want to be you know because some people are like well I don't want to blend it so what are you fighting for Mm-hmm. Because if you're already separated, then you've already got what you want if you don't want to blend in, you know? That's so true. it's like the blending in, it's not that you're saying that you just want to disappear. 
and don't want to be acknowledged as this is your sexuality. It's saying that I can exist in this space and I can be more than what this label is, you know? Damn. Deep. That's like really <laughs> deep. <laughs> That's funny. Because I, I think that a, a lot of the misconceptions are that like LGBTQIA people are mm-hmm. like super out there and it's like too much. Right. And like, and, like, it makes people feel uncomfortable just mm-hmm. because, like, we're that comfortable with our identity. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think it, 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 I can definitely see what you mean about, like, it, it makes sense to just, like, want to be able to live our normal lives. Right. Like, like, that definitely makes sense to me. Um, so I saw this, the video of you on, um, at the Bell Tower. <laughs> I wanted to sort of just, like, ask, like, what that meant to you and like or like what inspired you to like just like Mm -hmm. get out there and like (laughs) (laughs) actually it's so funny because everybody was like everybody kind of acted like it was like some kind of new thing but I honestly have done that my entire life if I am anywhere Beyonce comes on I'm going to give you a performance no matter what like I do (laughs) not care I have done it in the most public of spaces when I tell like I've done it in mall food courts like I do not play about that but I think the amazing thing is that I've told people that the dynamic of me on campus has changed mm-hmm. as far as walking around. Like, I walked past the tech center the other day, and some girls came out, and they were like, oh, my gosh, that's Kaylin, that's Kaylin. And I'm just like, I'm literally just a, a normal student. You know, and then there's people that now that I'll see, I was doing a photo shoot yesterday at the Bell Tower again. Mm-hmm. There are people that will come by, they'll say my name. I don't have a clue who they are. You know, like, they'll, <laughs> they'll talk to me, and they'll, they'll talk about, like, I look good or whatever. You know, they'll be like, oh, he's everything. Like, I, I live for And I'm just like, I literally don't get the hype, you know. But I think, because that video now is, like, at 52K. Like, it's at 52,000 views. And it was just so funny because when I first saw the video, because it was a professor that recorded it, and when I saw it, it only had, like, 168 views. And then I shared it. And then as soon as I shared it on my page, it just blew up. (laughs) But, I mean, I kind of love it because it kind of helps me get further to where I want to be. You know, because it's already putting my name out there, you know, right. and it's like people know that I just don't come out of nowhere. Like, I've been doing this. You know, I don't want oh, everybody, because yeah. the ultimate goal is to one day be famous, but I don't want to just be famous. They'll be like, well, what does he do? Like, yeah. what has he done? No, I need, I got the receipts. Here they are, you know. <laughs> the receipts. <laughs> the internet receipts. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. But I, I definitely, I have an appreciation for the fact that, like, you want to be famous for being exactly who right. you are, I and not, be a yeah, and not just because you want to be famous, right? Yeah, and I think that's important for like the black community, for the LGBTQIA right. community to have role models that are like, I'm not like sacrificing right. who I am just to be like liked or appreciated or to get money. Exactly. And I think for me, that's one of the another uh, one of the big reasons why I want to be famous because it's like. I feel like when you're in this community, I feel a lot of times the LGBTQI plus community puts kind of like a rule book and says, like, mm. you have to be this and that or the other to be gay. Like, you need to do these things mm, and sets yeah. these kind of standards. And I feel like when I was growing up, I didn't have anybody that 
like emulated what I wanted to be or who mm. I wanted to be, you know. And I feel like I could be that for that little boy, you know, or somebody out there that's going to need my story, you know. Like I needed someone's story, but yeah. didn't really have it. Yeah, you know? and that's the entire reason why I'm I'm I started this project is because I know that people need these stories. Mm-hmm. They need like this kind of like understanding and shared experiences to like right. to to like be okay sometimes and like more about like role models too like I think that especially like I've been talking a lot about YouTube and like mm-hmm. things like that because it's like the most authentic like people are literally just like this is my life and right. like do you kind of wish that you had that growing up or do you think it made you like a stronger person to be your own role model I think it, it made me a stronger person but I think it also damaged a lot of the mm-hmm. way that I interact with people and operate in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that's why I think it's necessary to have those stories, you know? Right. Because I feel like, yeah, I'm a strong person, yeah, I'm real tough, but sometimes you want to be weak, and I feel like that's what I don't know how to do. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I've had to be strong for so long that I don't really know how to be vulnerable, you mm-hmm. know? Interesting. So growing up, did you um, did you have, like, any role models, or did, like... I know, like you said, like Beyonce is like obviously yeah. like a huge inspiration <laughs> for you. Um, but you mean like as in actual people, like that I know. I mean, it could be anyone. Like, like, sure. I mean, people mm. that you actually know, or like celebrities. Or... I guess for me personally, I've been very iffy about mentors and like role models. Mm. I, I'm not a very big fan of those, just because I feel like what happens a lot of times is that that mentor just basically wants to make you a, a smaller version of them, you know? And that's where that whole individual kind of thing comes into play. It's yeah. like, I don't want somebody telling me, you know, well, I shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that, or, you know, this is what I should do. I don't want somebody to try and steer me to where my life is going. I feel like I need to have complete control over that, you know? So I kind of stay away from having mentors. And even if I'm mentoring someone else, I never go to, to the point where I'm telling them what they need to do. It's more so like, I'm only here if you need to talk. That's the way I, I feel like a mentor, like somebody that just listens, you know, and just is there to support you in whatever you choose to do. You but know? not like controlling or making decisions for you. Right, right. Yeah. I think that that, that boundary is often like not even, <laughs> usually doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. It's usually like very controlling and like this is what you have to do or mm-hmm. it's wrong or like mm-hmm. yeah so um do you feel like like I'm sure that you've had like a few like teachers or or mm-hmm. mentors that have sort of like taken on a more like aggressive role how yeah. did you like how did you find a way to like keep your identity and your goals intact like with someone that was being more like aggressive like that I think I, I treat it as I take a little bit from everyone. You know, like there are some things that I do agree with. Like I, there are some tips and, you know, tools that I'm like, okay, yeah, that could work for me. Like I'm going to take this a little bit and there may be something that doesn't work for me. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want that part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's being surrounding yourself with people that understand you. And that was one of the big things I think about mentors is that when you get a mentor, they haven't been there your whole life, and you end up having to tell them the story. But I don't think telling someone the story doesn't do enough. 
because you don't know the way that I think. You don't know the way that I feel. You don't know what I what it's like to be me, you right. know. But if you have people around you that have been there and they have been around and they understand what you're going through and, and they understand how you are as a person, it's a lot easier to be like, well, because you understand me, I know that this advice is in the best of my interest, you know. Right. Yeah, I definitely think there has to be, like, that deep understanding for them to be able to like push you forward in life. Right. It can't it can't just be like this is how I see you succeeding or like making them a version of themselves, mm-hmm. which is like pretty damaging. <laughs> right. Um great. So what would you what kind of advice would you give to like I would say I usually phrase this as like a younger version of yourself mm. or like um mm. like a a struggling gay black artist? Um, for me, I think if I could write a letter to myself as a little boy, I think I would tell myself that at the end of the day, if everyone gives up on you and if nobody's there, I'm going to be there and I'm going to fight for you. You know, I think... I think we don't give our, ourselves enough credit. So mm-hmm. I would tell that younger person, Damn. I would say, at the end of the day, never feel alone because you can always just look in the mirror and you know that you will fight for yourself until the last straw, you know? And I'll say, so trust that you, that you can handle it and that you can be there for yourself and don't rely on other people to bring you happiness. Damn. I'm in my feels right now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, wow. Okay. So, (laughs) okay. I'm going to ask you a silly question Uh to wrap it up, and then we're pretty much good. Okay. So, um, are you the butterfly or the caterpillar? Ooh, I'm the butterfly. (laughs) Yeah! I am the butterfly. And part of me says it because I'm like Team Mariah Carey. But also, (laughs) also, I just, I believe, like, my favorite movie is, like, Maleficent. You know, and like it breaks my heart when they cut her wings off. Like it drives me crazy. But I think I feel like I spent a lot of time in the cocoon. But I also Mm. feel like as I was in the cocoon, like I would like a piece of my wings would always pinch out. Like I never were without them, you know. So it's like, but now I feel like I'm finally breaking out of that cocoon and, you know. Flying free. Flying, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is just, I usually give this time to like, if you want to like shout out anything that you're doing or like a promo or like Yes, whatever, I do have some promo. Put that plug right in here. Okay. Well, <laughs> I am about to start shooting a web series called Real Adult. Ooh. Yes, which is about some uh, college students that have just graduated. They're all um, queer. They're all in the LGBTQI um, center. And we are seeing how our lives interact with each other after college and how we move on from that. So I play the character of Robbie. Robbie is very much just like myself, but it will be coming very soon. So shooting starts in about two weeks, I think is when we start shooting. So I'm very excited to get to work. Where is that going to be hosted? I honestly don't know yet on where it's being. I think it will be on YouTube or probably Vimeo, and then it will be shared. There's there's like Instagram pages you can follow us at Real Adult Series, you know. So there's many 
Spice's head, you will see little teasers. Yes. I'm excited to see that. All right. Great. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to follow us, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can search Curl Talk, C-U-R-L-T-A-L-K. Thanks for listening. Curl Talk is an independent podcast hosted by Julia Davis and run independently out of Philadelphia, PA. Curl Talk was established with the intention of creating a safe space for conversations about identity. Season 2 Voices is a narrative exploration of fear surrounding LGBTQIA identities in America. Curl Talk does not support racist, sexist, ageist, ableist, homophobic, transphobic, biphobic, xenophobic, prejudiced, or hateful comments. Special thank you to our sound editor, Carlos Johns Davila, intro and outro by Jeff Kay. Thank you.